Hey everybody, this is Andrew Bustamante, and I am excited to tell you that while we've been spending this entire season talking about making rapid change, I've been applying some pretty rapid change on my side. So if you haven't visited EverydaySpy.com, head over there, take a look at the new homepage, see the changes that I've put in place. And if you're really up for uh, some adventure, head over to EverydaySpy.com forward slash quiz, and I've got a quiz waiting for you that's totally free that will help you identify your own personal spy superpower. As we finish up season six, I'm about to spend a whole episode talking about superpowers, so I really want you to know your spy superpower before you listen to this episode. So head over to EverydaySpy.com forward slash quiz, hit pause on this recording right now, and find out your spy superpower, and when you come back, you'll come back to that sweet, sweet theme music. All right, folks, see you soon. My name is Andrew Bustamante, and this is Everyday Espionage. So I was recently traveling through Europe and I had an awesome chance to sit with a good friend of mine who's the CEO of an investment bank that's based out of France. And while we were sitting there having pizza at some beautiful old Portuguese pizzeria, we were sitting there and he got really upset while he was talking about the future of his workforce. Now, for those of you who don't have many European friends or if you are European, then you're going to understand this. Now, Europe has a very different point of view than the United States does on how to run a business and how to take care of your people and how to take care of your workforce. Uh, But one of the things that we have in common, both between the US and Europe, is that we all understand that the future workforce of the globalized world is a workforce that is not going to be nearly as reliant on human beings as the workforce of the past. So as I was talking to my friend, he highlighted that he can see the next five to 10 years of the company that he's running. And he has 500 employees in his company. They generate more than $23 million in revenue a year. And as he's going through that process of looking forward, he knows that he's gonna be having massive layoffs and he's gonna be having massive layoffs, not because people aren't doing their job, but because computers and machines can do the same job that the people can do. And he can't, as the CEO, justify why he wouldn't save the costs by cutting the people uh, who can be replaced or automated, cutting those tasks out and replacing them with robots and machines because that allows him to then take increased margin and uh, spread it among the existing high-skilled workforce that can't be replaced by machines. Now, as we were talking about this, it became really interesting to me because as I've been working through Everyday Spy, a lot of Everyday Spy's a lot of my business is automated. I have a very small, very lean workforce and uh, almost all of my specialty tasks, I contract out to specific specialists in their field, whether they're professional writers or professional administrators uh, or professional uh, digital marketing people. So I totally understand what it's like to need, demand and pay a, a premium price for high skilled labor. But what I don't know is what it's like to have uh, a base of employees who are not highly skilled, a base of employees who basically go through routine tasks that can be automated or roboticized. The two big trends right now are robotic and uh, automated functionality. 
So as I'm talking to my friend, he's walking me through what he knows is going to be a very unhappy two to five years for his workforce as automation and, and robotics replace his teams. And we start talking about the the impact that that's going to have at a national level, because that's something Europeans are extremely aware of and very sensitive to. Now, unlike us in the United States, Europeans, often the middle class specifically in Europe, they pay a huge amount more taxes than what we're used to in the United States. So a middle income family in the United States pays about 26% taxes total. And a, uh, a the same family in Europe would pay 40% or more into annual taxes. And those taxes go to social welfare programs and they go to uh, medical and uh, and social security type programs that take care of the the elderly. But the the problem is that the high tax rate makes it very difficult if there is no tax base from which to pull that money from. And as people become unemployed, they become a uh, they become reliant on that social welfare system. Uh, if they are unskilled and they can't be, a re- if they can't find new work because they uh, they've essentially been outpaced or outmoded by robotics or by automation, then they become a constant drain on a limited pool. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the economic future for Europe is going to be secure because as they leave these people behind, they have a social responsibility to carry these people with them. The same argument is happening here in the United States. Oftentimes people are wondering what to do with your uh, with your retail or your uh, industrial, your manufacturing employees of the past who have been replaced or outmoded by current day technology. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is because my transition over the time that we've been talking through season six, a, a season dedicated to rapid change, Everyday Spy has been going through rapid change too. I, I would not feel uh, I would not feel honorable talking to you about how you need to make massive change. You need to make decisive change in your business and in your life if I wasn't doing it on my own on my side. And one of the massive changes that we've had over the last 15 episodes is that Everyday Spy has essentially become an almost exclusive provider to people who are worth $1 million or more, almost exclusively. Before that, we were serving everybody. We were serving anybody at any income level who participated in any of our product lines. Now, what we have found is that we can continue to serve uh, a wide range of people at all income brackets through our free process, through our free offerings, our free content, our podcast, our blog posts. We have a number of free reports that are out there. We can also serve people through our low-priced products, our eBooks and our entry courses and some of our micro courses. But by the time that we start serving people at our highest levels, the individuals that can benefit the most from our highest level learning are actually people who are already in a position where they're earning massive money. They're, they are the highest income bracket. They are in the top 5% of income earners, which puts them at over $370,000 a year. These are your executives, your business owners. Uh, these are your C-suite uh, staff. These folks are just in a position where they are able to outbid, they're able to outpurchase, they're able to dominate what limited resource, what limited time, and what limited expertise I have in my space. And because of that, they dominate our customer base. So for those of you who have had a chance to work with me in the past, or for those of you who have been trying to work with me, then you, you understand 
the challenge that comes from me as a business owner when I have to choose between a premium a premium client and a sub premium client. And that's just the nature of business. And that's a good problem to have. And it's a problem that we're solving here at Everyday Spy every day by increasing our free offerings and increasing our low priced offerings because all of our high priced clients can subsidize the creation of all of the products that are available for everyone. And that's the goal. But for me, that's not enough of a goal. And I was recently talking to my friend here in Europe and even my wife, Jihi, here at home, because we don't want to leave behind the very core of our audience base. We don't want to leave behind the middle income and the young professional who's on the rise. And I wanted to find a way to serve them best, even though we have to go through this rapid period of change that we're all going through right now. And the way that we chose to make that change is very similar to what, uh, what I was talking about with my friend in Europe. And that's part of what I want to share with you today. So as businesses look to the future, they realize that automation and robotic automation are going to massively reduce the unskilled and low-skilled and entry-level workforce. Now, what does that look like? Specifically, what that looks like is about 28%, 28% of current food worker jobs, all of your restaurant jobs, your fast food jobs, can all be automated. About 23% of retail jobs are expected to be automated by 2030. 24% of your grocery store and bank tellers and cashiers are expected to go away. 16% of customer service professionals. Now, I'm not talking about unskilled jobs only, right? Because sometimes your retail space, your cashier space, your customer service space, these are all professionals who have degrees. These are individuals who have some experience and some skills. However, their experience and their skill set doesn't negate the fact that their actual task day to day can be replaced through automation or through a robotic interface. And uh, there's an awesome uh, report out there published in 2019 by a, uh, a massive conglomerate called McKinsey that walks you through all of these predictions and, and many more predictions for what the workforce will look like, the future workforce will look like, not just in the United States, but throughout the West, throughout uh, many of the leading European countries and Canada and Australia. And it's absolutely something that you should look at. Because if there's ever been a time to make a big change, the time is now. We've seen massive loss in the stock market. We're on the precipice of a midterm election in the United States. The world has just recovered from COVID. The world has uh, is in the middle of some of the worst financial scenarios that we've seen since the Great Recession. You have the great resignation and the great reset that have both happened in the last two years with more employees leaving their jobs than ever before. It's the perfect time to look at a report like this, to look humbly at these numbers and realize that the future workforce is going to be different. And it's also encouraging to me to think that individuals like the CEO that I'm sitting with or that I was sitting with in Portugal, this CEO is so dedicated to his people, he does not want to leave them behind. He wants them to understand what he sees in the future and he wants them to be prepared so that they can take care of themselves, they can take care of their families, they can grow and they can evolve into something that cannot be replaced by a machine. Now, there's some really interesting income studies out there. And one of those shows that the top 20% of all income earners in America and in Europe, the top 20% control almost 50% of all disposable income. Now, what that means is disposable income is income that you don't need to survive. 
It means you don't need your cell phone, your gas prices, your rents, your food prices, all of that is considered core income. You have to spend that money. It doesn't matter if you make $100 million a year or if you make $10,000 a year, you have to find a way to pay for where you live. You have to find a way to pay for electricity. You have to find a way to pay for your dentist. But disposable income is the money that you spend doing the things that you like. Maybe that has to do with a hobby. Maybe that's a sport. Maybe that's buying yourself a few extra meals out at nice restaurants. That's all disposable income. And it's pretty powerful when you think that the top 20% of all populations in the West control 50% of disposable income. That means the remaining 80% of income earners have to fight over the remaining 50% of disposable income. That's why in my current work servicing millionaires, when you work with the ultra wealthy, they spare no expense on themselves. They spare no expense that first class is a given, the nicest hotels is a given, they often buy more than one meal at a dinner or a lunch because they didn't like what they ate the first time around. When you compare that to the life I had when I grew up, I remember my dad fighting with waiters about wanting something recooked or replaced and he didn't want to be charged for it when we ate at our local family diner. So it's very, very different uh, when you see what this top 20% looks like. Now, speaking of the top 20%, you might be wondering what defines the top 20% of income earners? Well, the top 20% of income is when you make 100,000 US dollars or the equivalent in euros or, or pounds, $100,000 or more puts you in the top 20% if your annual income is $100,000 or more. Now, for some of you, you're there and you've been there for a while. Maybe you make $120,000 or $140,000 a year and you feel pretty good. And for a lot of you, I'm sure that the idea of making $100,000 a year seems like it's a long way away. Regardless of where you sit on that spectrum, the fact is that those who earn more than $100K are the ones in control of more disposable income. Now, if you are in that top 20%, you're still not necessarily safe, and here's why. Because the two markets that are at most risk of being replaced in the future are actually your entry-level jobs, like food prep and retail and customer service. Those are the first at risk. The next biggest at risk is your middle-income households, your households that make between 80K and 140K. And the reason that those jobs are at risk is not because of simple automation, but because of the development of artificial intelligence. Because... The things that can't be simply automated, the things that require just a little bit of critical thinking, those are tasks that the whole world is investing in. The Middle East, your Saudi Arabias and your UAEs of the world have massive resources and they are working specifically to make themselves world leaders in artificial intelligence. Their goal is to have artificial intelligence created and manufactured and in employ at manufacturing and, uh, and other uh, middle tier institutions around the world by 2030. So 2030 is not only when we start to see this massive shrinking in the entry level workforce, according to McKinsey's research, but 2030 is also when we see the leading countries of the world looking to replace middle income jobs, those jobs that require uh, decision making and critical thinking that can sometimes be sticky, your, your middle managers of the world. Those jobs would be replaced by AI around the same period of time. Now, what does that mean? That means that the age brackets that are most at risk for being replaced by a machine are the ages of 18 to 34. Those are all of your entry-level professionals. And then the age ranges of 35 to 50. Those are the top two age brackets most at risk for losing their job, for being replaced 
if they do not rapidly improve their value statement to the company or the skill sets that they possess, 18 to 34 and 35 to 50. That is massive. That's a huge chunk of the income earning market throughout Europe and through the United States. And now you can see why I want to talk to you today, because according to the demographics that I collect on my own audience, which is not a whole lot, not very specific because of the podcast world and some of the challenges there, I know that there's about a 90% chance that if you're listening to this podcast, you're under the age of 50. Even more interestingly, from the folks that I know engaged through my website, I know that the vast majority of my audience is actually between the age of 25 and 35. So there's a really solid chance, about a 65% chance that as you listen to me right now, you are between 35 and 25 years old, and you are probably in the first five years of your career uh, and less than 15 years into your career. And you understand exactly what I'm saying. You understand, maybe you've even seen the threat that comes from automation, robotization, and artificial intelligence in your current career field. Whether that's sales, whether that's management, whether that's uh, detailed research, or whether that's customer service. Here's the plan. Here's why I don't want you to panic. You know these facts and figures to be true. They're true. Uh, the whole world is planning for them. My clients are planning for them. My close friends are already planning for them. These inevitabilities will come. And it's, it's a good thing. The economy requires efficiency. And efficiency benefits all people. There is no reason to introduce artificial inefficiency just so that we can keep people employed. That is not in the best interest of our collective development, and that's why it's not going to happen. Politicians can make all the promises they want, but the economic rules, economic law, always wins out. So instead of trying to convince you that you should be doubling down on some politician who promises to pay for your school tuition or keep you employed, instead what I want to do is I want to give you the chance to rapidly increase core critical skills that separate you from any threat that could replace you, whether that's artificial intelligence or whether that's automation or whether that's just the guy sitting in the cubicle next to you who's gunning for your job. The skills that I teach the ultra wealthy are skills that come directly from espionage that they can use to gain a distinct edge in their workplace. And those individuals, those clients, when you're worth $1.3 million or more, you're in the top 1% of all income earners in the West. That's all it takes. 1% is defined by the people who are worth $1.3 million or more. The top 3% are people who are worth $700,000 or more. So if you're sitting at $150,000 or so in annual income, you're really not that far from being inside the top 5%, being one of the pioneers, one of the single digit top tier income earners in all of the West. And I want you to get there because the higher your income bracket is, the more comfortable your life is, the more freedom that you possess, the more security you have financially and in your career. So I am dedicating the next season, season seven, is all going to be spent teaching tactical skills, the same tactical skills that my highest earning income clients ask me to teach them. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about sales tactics. We're talking about security tactics. We're going to talk about marketing tactics. We're going to talk about social tactics. Everything that has to do with a practical, tactical skill that I teach my high echelon clients. If they're learning it, I want you to be able to learn it. And I want you to be able to learn it without having to book me the way that they book me. So that's the goal. Season seven is dedicated 
to giving you spy superpowers that you can use to not just level up your current career and your current income, but to level up your future career and your future income because I do not want you left behind. I don't want you left behind in 2030 or 2025 or 2035. I want you to always be ahead of the curve. There are enough people out there who are not dedicated to their own self-improvement. There are enough people out there who are not educating themselves through podcasts or books. There are enough people out there not visiting Everyday Spy that I don't need to worry about people being left behind. They will be left behind, but you do not have to be left behind. So that's the goal. Season seven, we are focused exclusively on giving you the tactics and the tools that you need to learn the same skills that millionaires and the ultra wealthy clients that I have learn so that you can apply them and you can get ahead and you can stay ahead of these incredible metrics that are being reported throughout Europe and throughout the United States. Now to start, what I want you to do is I want you to visit everydayspy.com forward slash quiz everydayspy.com forward slash quiz. And what you'll find there is that I've been busy at work for the last three months building a customized quiz that's designed to tell you your specific spy superpower. That's the goal. I wanted to give you your specific spy superpower quickly in less than 12 questions so that you can understand moving forward what your natural inherent spy gift is. Once you know what that spy gift is, then we'll be able to advance your knowledge, your skill set in that spy gift and be able to level you up significantly faster than if you were to just go back to school for another degree or to go get some certification over the weekend. To find out what your spy superpower is, all you need to do is go to everydayspy.com forward slash quiz and take the quiz that I have waiting for you there. When you get the result, don't stop there. Keep digging because I'm going to give you a micro lesson for free. I'm going to give you information about how you beat your spy weakness for free. Everything is there. Thanks to the ultra wealthy clients that I've been able to embrace over the last six months, they have been able to subsidize an incredible amount of new free content that I can give to you, that I can give to every listener of everydayspy.com, to every listener of the Everyday Espionage podcast and everybody who visits Everyday Spy. I can give you incredible amounts of value. Now, thanks to my change, to embrace my ultra high income clients. Now, next season will start in about four weeks when I kick off the first episode. Between now and then, I hope to give you a little bit of bonus content, a bonus episode or two as I, as I get busy uh, developing all of the new recordings for season seven. And what I want you to do is know that as you go through and understand your spy superpower, as you lean into that knowledge, and as you understand and learn what your spy weakness is, Understand that your power and your weakness are unique to you, but they are not unique among all people. Everybody out there has some inherent gift, some inherent skill that they can use to get ahead. And we're all born with something that holds us back. The difference between the people who succeed and the people who struggle to succeed are that those who succeed understand how they can use both what they're good at and what they're naturally not good at to get ahead. There's always a way to leverage your strengths and your weaknesses to gain an advantage against everyone else out there, especially those who don't take the time to embrace their strength or learn about their weakness. Once you can gain an unfair advantage over anyone else through knowledge, that is everyday espionage. Head over to everydayspy.com forward slash quiz folks, and I'll see you at the beginning of season seven. 
Everyday espionage is dedicated to one thing, educating everyday people. I know that not everyone will listen, but those who listen will learn. If you learned something new today, click subscribe, review, and share the podcast with a friend. Find me on social media at Everyday Spy or on my website, everydayspy.com. If you are up for a special challenge, visit everydayspy.com forward slash operations and join me for an authentic spy training mission. And above all else, remember that knowledge is freedom.